Good morning. Grace and peace to you. For some reason, I really like that little song. I don't know if you've ever done it. And it's... Very uplifting, uh, encouraging, moving. It's so easy to perpetuate that song in verse forever and ever. All you need is three little words or four words. You know, he gave me life. He fills my soul. He's coming back. You can just keep singing the song, and it just words just keep coming into your head. And I tell you, it just gets to you. You got to try it. Try it sometime. Tonight, Lord willing, we're going to study the biscuit prayer. So I encourage you to come back and pray with us uh, about a whole lot of things. God is so good. No, amen. Amen. Have you reflected on the goodness of God lately, just how good he is? And the scripture encourages us in many places to consider, to ponder, to meditate, and, and in this world in which we got to run here and there and we think other things are so much more important. There is great fruit, great peace, great wisdom comes from meditating on God and on the Word of God. I encourage you to do it. The scriptures over and over again affirm the goodness of God. And they point out all the ways that he's good to the children of men. And we've just grabbed a few of them in this lesson this morning. Uh, They just proliferate the scriptures. And uh, we can't cover everything. It's just not possible. Because God is so good. Even when God does something that brings pain... Pain of some sort, it's always for a good reason. Did you know that? We read about him disciplining us as his children. And that might be painful, whatever that is, but it's for a good reason, isn't it? It's to help us to learn, to help us to grow, to help us to to bring us back to God. He never does anything just to hurt you because he likes to hurt you. God is not like that. Punishment of the wicked is really a good thing because it brings justice. We probably don't ever think about that. But we all want justice, don't we? When we see wrongs that are perpetrated out there in the world, we know they're wrong, whether it's murder or rape or armed robbery, we want justice. And so does God. God is a God of justice, and we read it everywhere, and that's a good thing. We should understand that. I've said before that God gets a bad rap, God gets bad press. 
People of the world want to blame God for everything bad. If it rains, God's to blame. If it doesn't rain, God's to blame, right? Somebody gets sick, why well, it's God's fault? Why didn't you keep me from getting sick? It's never our fault, never anything we did to not take care of ourselves in some way. If there's family problems, it's God, why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you take care of my child, my spouse, or whatever? God always gets blamed. Somebody's on drugs. God, why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you stop her? I give you freedom of choice, he says. If there's a war, it's, you know, God's fault. If there's a court ruling that doesn't go our way, it's God's fault. Even the atheist, I love this little quote, I'm going to give it to you. Even the atheist who doesn't believe in God somehow ends up blaming God for all their trouble. Did you know that? This one uh, Christian writer, scholar, Douglas Wilson, says this, there are two fundamental tenets of atheism. First one, there is no God. The second one, I hate him. Think about it. Think about it. When something goes wrong, who does the atheist have to blame? Nobody, right? He's so, well, we know God has put eternity in our hearts, and they try to say there's no God, but deep down inside, guess what? He's there. They have that knowledge. And so... It's the same way as when the shoe's on the other foot. When they, as we're talking this morning, when something really, really good happens, who do they have to thank? Got to be God, right? But God gets blamed even by the atheist, whether they know it or not. Let's go to Psalm 145 just to kind of introduce here. Just to make this thought God even blesses the evil person, doesn't he? He sends his rain on the just and the unjust, right? Virtually a lot of these things we talk about today, God blesses wicked people. We read uh, in Romans, we don't have that scripture today, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. See how good God is taste and see that the Lord is good. God wants us to see that he's good. Psalm 145, 3. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. There it is. Men shall speak of the power of your awesome acts, and I will tell of your greatness. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness, and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness, taken straight from his words on Mount Sinai to Moses. The Lord is good to all, and his mercies are over all his works. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. 
They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. God is so good. You read this everywhere in Scripture. We're going to look at five things I think it is this morning. Like I said, we had to really pare it down. I encourage you as you read your Bible to look for the goodness of God. And even as you reflect on your life, to see the goodness of God. The first one is that God is so good that he gives us life. He gives us life. To think that we deserve to be here, that we have a right to be here, that we had anything at all to do with our own existence is a giant mistake. And such thoughts are born of arrogance. We are here because God willed that we shall be here. He has given us life. He gives life to all and he gives it freely. No person alive has life except by the will of God and the hand of God. And God sustains life on this planet. It's a gift. Psalm 139, that wonderful psalm of David, just these two verses. Where you, God, formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. You could think about that for a long time, couldn't you? That was God's hand. Yeah, we hear what science says, how it all comes together, you know, genes and all that, but God's hand is in it. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. David says, I will give thanks to you, God. You've given thanks to God for your life. Just the fact that you are here and you get to experience his creation. To be a human being. To be able to see what God has made. The glories, the wonders, the color. Some of us are going to see the Super Bowl this afternoon, this evening. That's via God. Without God, you'd never see it. Never happen. To be able to hear things, the birds, music, talking with one another, the voice of your spouse. I know sometimes we don't want to hear the voice of our spouse, but, you know, sometimes we do, don't we? We really do. To taste, to touch, to think, to cry, to laugh, to sing, to read, to to walk, to run. What a gift from God that you can experience those things. 
keeping along the same thought, let's go to 1 Timothy 6. God gives us all things to enjoy. In writing to the rich, in this last chapter of 1 Timothy, is an interesting chapter. I encourage you to read it and study it. In writing to the rich, he says, instruct those who are rich in this present world. And it's interesting, he says, to give all their goods away. Now, in some other parables, he talked about, you know, the rich, some rich who were just wanting to hoard everything to themselves, and that's not good. But what does he say? They are not to be conceited as if they got this all for themselves, okay, that God blessed their work and gave them what they have. And to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, not to do that, that's not the, where their hope should be, but on God, so our hope should always be fixed, whether we're rich or poor, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. And how many times have you heard we're supposed to be sober and sour and sad and not have any fun or enjoy life. Not so. And we're not talking about being foolish here and we need to take life seriously, but nevertheless, God has given, he's made a geese look at the creation, he says it's good. Here, I want you to have it, I want you to enjoy what I've given you. It's a blessing. God made the planet good, and he wants us to experience its goodnesses. We already mentioned Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. Get out there into the world and see all the goodness that God has made. That's what we're trying to express today. What do you enjoy? Oh, I got a whole list of things here. Start with your cup of coffee this morning. Or tea. Maybe that's your thing. Courtesy of God. That he made it. That human beings could process it. That you can taste it. Think about it. God's will. Hot chocolate. Maybe you're a Pepsi, Coke, Mountain Dew person. Orange juice, iced tea in the summer. We're going down a road here. Mike said he enjoyed a whole smorgasbord of Italian food yesterday, pastas and same thing. Don, wonderful illustration at the table. Appreciate that. Grain of wheat grows and we make it into whatever. Bread, pasta, enjoy that. Gift of God. We're able to do it, that he made it there available, and we can taste it, enjoy it, digest it, hopefully. Whatever, fried chicken, how many have enjoyed good soup this winter? I know it's not been real cold, but we like our soup. And then we could go the old broccoli, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower root, right? Everybody lo loves those, right? Some people do. Good for you. Need to have some of that. And then, of course, there's uh, 
cake and pie and donuts and cookies, right? And I'm, I'm right now, it must be because it's first of the year, you're seeing all these ads for these diets on TV. You've seen all the, I can't name them all. And I'm not going to name them because I'm not endorsing any of them, but there's four or five. And I, th they're, they're not coming out with the one I want. <laughs> it's the donut diet. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that one yet. I'm, I'm waiting for it. So uh, we'll see if that one comes along. And of course, my chocolate back here. We love our chocolate. So we're talking about eating. Well, what about, you know, the things we can smell, the bread baking, the bacon frying, uh, the flowers out in the garden, the air after the good rain in the spring. Some of us like the smell of gasoline. How about when you go into the tire shop? You like to smell the new tires? Some people know. Some people, oh yeah, we'll get high on that. All kinds of smells out there. Good stuff. And then what we can see and watch, you know, we talked a little bit about that. Our sunrise, sunset, birds, wildlife, you know, whatever glorious beauty God has made. Colors, forms and shapes, things given us eyes to see them, made them for us to see. And then, of course, music of all kinds, what we can hear, music of all kinds and so forth. Uh, some of that, some of us would not call it music, but some people like it. And then some people's favorite m music is something like a V8 with dual exhaust. You know, we like to hear that throb, that sound. Nothing wrong with that. We like that. Isn't that amazing? You like to hear that sound of a good engine running. Some of it. And maybe what you know, what I don't know what you like, but all the and, and, and all the variety. All the variety. And then what we can touch or feel. Nice hot shower in the morning. Fresh clean sheets on a bed. Clean shirt. How about the feel of something in your hand like a golf club or a hammer or a ball bat? There's just something about that. Or maybe for you it's in the, in the kitchen where you're cooking. You've got the, the spatula or whatever you use there and you're, you're doing your thing. God made that possible. I, li I like that. I like the way that feels. Maybe for you it's the game controller, right? You got that thing going on there. Or the stuffed animal. Nice and soft. Yeah. Any and everything good that we have comes from God. He's given us those things to enjoy. Now, we can take it too far, obviously, but they're there. They're there for us to enjoy and to see this comes from God. What a great God. God is so good. Okay. The next thing we want to mention is God gives us family. He's so good, he gives us family. We often joke 
about family because we have our squabbles and troubles there a lot of time, don't we? Yes, we do. We're trying to kind of learn how to live together, how to get along, how to learn each other's foibles and likes and dislikes and all of that. But families are a marvelous blessing from God. It's this building block for this world. The husband and wife and the children. And from the beginning, and you recall what God said, it's not good that man should be alone. He makes a comparable helper. What a blessing. In fact, Proverbs 18.22, He who finds a wife finds a good thing obtains favor from the Lord. Wow. How true that is. How true that is. Psalm 128. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you shall eat of the fruit of your hands, you will be happy, and it will be well with you. There's that thought again. Be happy. Follow the Lord. He'll bless you. Be happy. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house, your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. A blessing is a good thing, you know. We read that word all through Scripture, but bless, blessing carries with it the idea of happiness and joy and inner contentment and satisfaction. What a blessing the family is. Companionship. You'd be with someone, share life with someone, the good times, the hard times. There is help, encouragement, someone to lean on when you need to lean and someone to lean on you when you're the one to be the support. Where love is seen, heard, and experienced. Family's a blessing. Children, they cause us fits, tears, loss of sleep, and a whole lot of sometimes money and a whole lot of other things. But they also bring joy, love, and satisfaction into your life. Grandchildren, too. And who, who can forget those special little gifts that you get from a child or grandchild. What mother has not received a dandelion, you know, plucked out of the yard? Here, Mom. Or that picture drawn in school, or the little poem written in school, second, third, fourth grade. I'm going to say a lot of you mothers and grandmothers have got those tucked away somewhere in your dresser drawer, in a book somewhere, a photo album. We still have a Christmas ornament that somebody made way back. Special, wonderful gifts that come from family. We don't have time to talk about church family. Mike mentioned that this morning. Where we're to love one another, encourage and help and for all of us to reach the pearly gates. God is so good. 
And then God is so good, He gives us the opportunity for another life. Life with Him. With the God who's given us all these things in this life, He says, I can give you an opportunity to be with me in life eternal. Romans 6.23 The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is so good. We who have rebelled, been sinful, struggle in this life, can't get it right, and he loves us and he's so patient with us and he gave us his son that he wants to still offer us this gift of life eternal. God is so good. He's so good. In Ephesians 1, I don't have that on your sheet, he talks of every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places being given to us in Christ. You just mentioned church family. We can talk about forgiveness. We can talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. We can talk about the we're going to share the glory with Christ. We can talk about we're heirs with Christ. We can talk about prayer. We can talk about the Holy Scriptures. All these things God gives us for our spiritual journey. And all that tells me is this, God wants us to make it. God is not against us, God is for us. And in fact, Paul writes that in Romans, doesn't he? He says, if God is for us, which he is, he wants us all to make it to life eternal. Let's go to Titus 3. The little book of Titus, it's like two, three pages in your Bible. This, in mine, it's only two. It has so much in it. I don't know if you ever noticed that. There's so much in Titus. You can read, you can read it two or three times in a sitting and just, just, just drink it in. Just drink it into your soul. Titus 3, 5. He saved us. He saved us. We didn't save ourselves. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, because they don't measure up. It's not enough. But according to his mercy, merciful God, God is so good. By the washing of regeneration, that's being baptized into Christ, and renewing by the Holy Spirit. We read both of those in Acts 2.38 gift of the Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. God is not stingy, you know that? He is not a stingy God. He, he blesses and he blesses richly. He's a giver. He overflows with goodness. So that being justified by his grace, there's that favor that he shows to us. We would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Wow. Heirs with Christ. 
You could reflect on those three verses all afternoon. God is so good to us. What he has done, he's done it, and what he offers freely to us by his grace and mercy. And then our last thought this morning, like I said, there's so many we could have gone to. So many. I love this one too. And you do too. God is so good that he will give us a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. 1 John 1. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So basic. We've been studying Revelation where the Lord speaks to the various churches and he says, I know your deeds. That's what he checks out. Because your deeds reflect your heart. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus' his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We are weak through the flesh. We struggle with sin. Oh, we might not have done anything really bad, as we would say, or overt past week. We probably had some bad thoughts. More than likely, we left some things undone we should have done. And we were probably selfish. Verse 9, though, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous or just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you know you've got to confess them. And that means you have to look at yourself in the light of God's word and be honest. You just have to do it. And you have to square up with God and look him in the eye, if you will. And you've got to confess your sins. And you've got to ask for forgiveness. But God is gracious. He wants to forgive you. The blood cleanses you, but you've got to do your part. You can't pretend you've done nothing wrong without sin. And then, of course, if we examine ourselves in light of God's word, we really will see our failings, won't we? If we're honest. And so that gives us opportunity to change and truly repent, right, and to do better. When I can really see, you know, Jeff, you just need to do better here. You just really do. We're honest with ourselves, and that's what God expects and wants. But he'll give us that second chance. But, you know, we have to take it according to his way. We have to look and confess and then get back in there. And the third and the fourth. We say we've not sinned. We make him a liar in his word is not in us. The Christian stumbles. There's daily temptations. We have our own weaknesses. Every person has theirs. I don't care who you are. From an elder on down, you have your weaknesses. If you've been a Christian for 40 years, you have your weaknesses. There's no one without sin. We need to accept that 
but then we need to accept the grace of God. If we confess, he'll forgive us. God is gracious and patient. And the blood of Jesus is powerful, even to this very moment, to forgive our sins. God is so good. We could say a lot more. Reflect on the goodness of God. God is offering life eternal to all of us, to every person on the planet. It's part of what we do as the church to proclaim that message, the gospel, the good news. There is life to come, and you can be a part of it. We proclaim that now. And if you're not a Christian, and you've not given yourself to Christ Jesus and been immersed with him to die in those waters of baptism, to be raised to a new creature, we're here to help you this morning, and we pray you, you listen to, to the word of God, that he is good, and he wants you to have this. If you're a Christian, and you're struggling with sin. You're denying the, the sin in your own life. That's going to hurt you in the end. So I encourage you to look at your own life in light of God's word. Maybe you want us to pray with you this morning about something that you have really been struggling with. We'd be happy to do that. That's why God has made a fellowship of believers to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to help one another, to love one another. We are not to take this journey alone. If we can help you this morning, please come while Brother Jim leads us in the song.